gentlemen. <laughs> and how are we doing tonight? Still just euphoric. Just oh, on a cloud. Yeah. Just been floating around my house all day. It's been amazing. We are, are so happy to finally be recording uh, on the heels of a Leafs playoff series victory. Um, let, let, let's just start by giving kind of our initial reactions here to you know to the game and, and to the uh, obviously the the achievement. But starting with the game itself, like I, I watched the highlights today, and Sammy had some big saves in the first period, obviously. But, but I had this feeling while I was watching the highlights. And then I had the feeling like five times in a row and I kind of came to the realization. I was like, no, I really thought this happened in the last like 10 minutes of the third or overtime. And then I was like, okay, it just felt like the whole fucking game was the last few minutes <laughs> yeah, of the third yeah. period or overtime yeah. for me. Yeah, very much a, a tight butthole kind of experience watching that <laughs> entire mm-hmm. entire game. Well, the entire series, but you know, the, the tension just kind of ratcheted up more and more as things went along. And of course... The way things have gone traditionally for for this team over the the last few years, you know, when when they don't manage to get it done in Game Five, the you start getting that little seed of doubt planted, and yeah, all the, the, the yeah, <laughs> and everything that goes along with that. So yeah, just the the weight of every single play and every single movement on the ice for for either side was just. There was so much on the line, and it, it just feels so good to be coming out on the right side of it for once. Just watching, yeah, watching that game, the entire game felt like it was whatever happened next was going to be it, like next goal wins kind of thing. Pretty much the entire game, I started by sitting on the couch and I was like kneeling in front of the TV by the end of the game, and yeah, it just didn't feel real. Like I'm not, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's cliches aside, like yeah, we're not used to this, whatever, but like. It, it it just it was just such a relief going in. Like not having to go to game seven was the only thing I could think about for that entire game. I can't yeah. like we're gonna get stressed out in the next series, but it's I don't think it's gonna ever feel like that. No, it was just so much pent up like just waiting forever for this core to break through and yeah. just all the disappointments in years past where it felt like they were so close or maybe they deserved better. And you know, maybe this time they you can make the argument they that might they, not have, de- yeah. they might not have deserved to win all these games, but who gives a shit? Like all that matters <laughs> is the result and they got the result this time. And it's just, it, it means so much for the fate of this franchise. Keith, you mentioned it back on our preview show heading into the series. Like there was just so much on the line f- for this organization going into this series. Like it, it had that last dance kind of feel. There was going to be a major shakeup if they weren't able to at least get through one round. And now that they've done that, I think, you know, the, the players might feel a little freer, but I think the fan base, we're just going to, the weight off of our shoulders watching this team and just feeling like everything's not going to be blown up if they aren't able to get through another series. They've at least reached that one benchmark. And I know there's fans of other teams, you know, making fun of us that we're celebrating uh, just one round so exuberantly or whatever, but like, screw them, man. It's been 19 years. It's a long fucking time, a ton of heartbreak over those years. And it just, it feels so good to finally be going through to the second round. And I think if, if you can't find a way to enjoy this moment and celebrate it to its fullest, like what's even the point of doing this? Why do you even watch sports? So yeah, soak this up. Well, nothing Florida, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're recording just uh, first period of uh, Game Seven, Boston, Florida. <laughs> we 
we are recording a podcast that we don't know who the Leafs' second round opponent is yet. That just feels That's so cool, badass. <laughs> yeah. It's such it's such a nice flip from the usual feeling of watching the fucking team that beat you and oh, feeling yeah. like it should be you, which I've come become so familiar with. Uh, yeah, and, and like it, it's gotten so bad, right? Like you know, game five. Like I I, I fully expected that they were going to lose game five. I had them in six. I I was very hopeful that they would come out the way they did in game six. And like you said, you know. It did feel very, from very early on, like, you know, next goal wins like they, they were dialed in. And like you said, like it's it is a different feeling and it's not going to feel this way again. There's so much extrapolation. And I think that happens like in any series, but but especially with the Leafs right now, every time they lose a game, every time they have a bad period, it's like we're micro dosing a series loss yeah, immediately. Man. Right. Mm-hmm. Like like yeah. it just we, we skip to that so quickly. And, and hopefully this, you know, helps a little bit with that. But it's it's just it's like you've been getting your ass beat by this video game level constantly and you finally get to the fucking save point for the first time in 20 (laughs) years of play it doesn't matter if you haven't beat the game yet like that part that doesn't matter that's that that feeling of relief and like the also the relief like you kind of mentioned it too nick but like we just now we don't have to go into this offseason knowing pretty much with certainty that this team's going to get like dismantled like yes it's a hard cap there's going to be changes they're probably not going to be able to bring everybody back and they might not want to bring everybody back there's going to be a different look but it's it's still going to be you know this this core for the most part and you know keith or dubas isn't going anywhere now and keith's more almost certainly not going anywhere now so it's like just not having to deal with that and knowing that you know even if they go out in the next round like this this era, this core of the team, you know, it, it may not have lived up to the full expectations, but at least they have this feather in the cap. Yeah, well, like listening to Leafs talk with uh, Bourne and Sammy and Bunkus after last night's game, they're talking about like there was the very real chance that you know if if they weren't able to get it done this time, there were going to be major changes that, and you were never going to be able to say that this core group found Did any it. playoff success. Yeah. and now that's gone. That they've at least cleared that checkpoint, and yeah, I think it's just uh, it's got to be such a feeling of vindication for Kyle Dubas and for all the fans that have really believed in in his vision and his ability to put this team together over the years. Right? It's just it's been a long time coming, and yeah, I. Almost speechless, man. It just feels so good. <laughs> yeah. Well, you could see that, right? Like you could see the 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 weight and the you know just just the way it is built, not just on Dubis but Keith and, and the players. Like yeah. the you know that that wasn't just a, a regular no. overtime series win celebration. It didn't feel like that. That was something more. Yeah, that was we get to stay. <laughs> like, yeah, like, you know, my, my yeah. job is saved. <laughs> yeah. yeah, none of us will be playing in Columbus next year. Um, <laughs> So let's talk about, you know, some some of the guys who, who got us to this point, because the big dogs fucking ate uh, mm-hmm. in this series. Just another narrative crushed, right? Like it was the big dogs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we talked about how obviously they've been good. They've been producing when, when we recorded mid series. But, you know, I, I kind of said, like, I think there's something more here. There's 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 more to, to give. And we got it, man. Like they I, I mean, you can go down the list, right? Like Morgan Ryan. Riley was huge all series. John Tavares with the the overtime winner, uh, the biggest goal in Leafs history in 20 years. Uh, Austin Matthews just, you know, scoring huge goals whenever they're needed. Uh, like this uh, Mitch Marner fucking 
just on hair on fire like we've said before like he, he i mean this was an incredible performance from from the guys at the top let's start with morgan riley you know the yeah. longest tenured guy here the guy who's been through the shit and he was incredible yeah he's who i had as kind of my mvp and i know you could definitely have arguments and i would have lots of time for all of those arguments for different players but just the fact that he's had a rough go the last couple of regular seasons um particularly this year like he just really didn't look good he kind of almost came into this series you know on paper at least on the third pair um a guy that you know he's he's he he signed the deal to stay you know a leaf for life kind of thing like it just feels so good that he's the guy that really gets that vindication and really kind of you know shed a lot of the criticisms that were on him from some of his harshest critics like you know he he's a pluses across the board like and then all to top it all off like the bloody nose and the two black eyes and stuff oh, like man. it's just, just beautiful so perfect. yeah he was incredible and and like you you like you live with the, the morgan riley defensive lapses when he's performing the way he is with the puck but there weren't that many like he no, i don't man. recall him getting you know a, a way out of position in like bad gaps and stuff in the defensive zone like Everything was clicking for him, and I can't wait to see him continue because, you know, like, he's fired the fuck up. He was just, like, almost a completely different player than what we saw through the course of this regular season. And I think, you know, more than anyone else on this roster, he's the guy that I'm most happy for, that they finally, you know, got through the first round, and he's finally going to get that taste of (laughs) the second round and hopefully beyond. But, like, he just completely erased all the negative thoughts about his regular season, any negative thoughts that people had about that contract. I mean, like there's just no reason to doubt Morgan Riley anymore when the games matter most. It's year after year, this guy has stepped up in the postseason and it's just kind of flown under the radar a little bit in recent years because the team hasn't been able to get it done. And now that yeah. they... It's hard, to, it's hard to talk about playoff success when there hasn't been any as a team. Yeah, but the fact is Morgan Riley has been very good every year in the postseason. And now for that to lead to some overall team success, it's just, it's awesome. And, you know, he really deserves it and he deserves all the praise that he's getting right now. Yeah, he, he was a stud. Um, and, and, I mean, Austin Matthews, like... Big boy it, shift on that first goal, oh, man. Like, oh my god! Keith, you pointed Calling it out where he wanted the puck. Yeah, that was yeah. so cool. <laughs> like, that, that was that was, dope. was just the largest. Yeah, no, that was incredible. Yeah, you mentioned that in the group chat, Keith. Like when Brody keeps that puck in at the point, Matthews just kind of floating in the high slot. There, he immediately identifies. Like, I'm going here. I want the puck <laughs> over here. Give it to me. And he made no mistake. And, and like, yeah. we've been waiting for like that Matthews clapper one timer big goal. Like, it, it feels like he's missed a lot of those like all year long and yeah. for him to come up with one in that moment in that spot man biggest yeah. moment of the year yeah 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 he just he played with an intensity and blocking shots hitting yeah, yeah. Man, he was everything dude like we, we talked about it all year like just his overall game and it, it just really shone through throughout the entire series he like yeah just he put the team on his back at various points throughout this series you know going back to game four getting those two goals and the huge comeback there like he was he was everything yeah and and like i I just got this feeling like he's just gonna keep getting better now that he's kind of got this under his belt and buckle the fuck up if that's the case Well, that's how i feel about the whole team like that's that's always been the like you know, the, the talking point is like, man, if they could ever just get past the first round, they could go on a run. Like once they get that mental block out of the way and, and, and really kind of don't have to have that hanging over them. And, and even on a larger scale, like 
talking about like, you know, guys that you're happy for, like Matthews and Marner are two hall of fame for future hall of fame play like talents. Like that's that, that their, their, their statistics speak for themselves. They're incredible, but they're, they, for them to be able to shake that, you know, couldn't get out of the first round reputation. Like it, it, it just, it, I, I'm just very happy for those guys that that, well, that doesn't have to hang over them anymore. They've worn it as much as anybody. More so than anybody on the team, it's fallen on them. Rightfully so. Yeah, I mean, you're going to live and die with your big guns. So, yeah, like the, the criticism was warranted. But now, like, they are the ones that help push this team over the top more than anybody. And, I mean, you think back to that Montreal series and the images of Mariner in the penalty box and everything that – he had to suffer through in that off season and the vitriol that was spewed his way. Like he really, really got the brunt of it after that year. Yeah. And for him to be the guy that was, you know, leading the team and scoring through this first round series. And like, I think he was only on the ice for one five versus five goal against throughout the whole series. Like he just, all the big boys stepped up. You look at the stat sheet. It's like the, the, the top of the scoring race for the Leafs in this series was Mariner, Matthews, Riley, Tavares, O'Reilly, you know, all with seven plus points and then no one else with more than three. So like it was definitely the big guys stepping up and getting it done. And that's what everyone's been waiting for. What was it? Uh, 42 points combined for Matthews, Mariner, Riley, Tavares, Nylander. That's crazy. 42, 40, something like that. Yeah. And it's, it's not just the big, you know, core pieces that have been here forever too. It's like, talk about, the additions like at the deadline yeah. every save for Sam Lafferty who was probably you know he I mean he was a, a depth throw in on a part of a larger trade but like every single one of them made an impact in this series Nola Charlie yeah. was incredible and and like yes we, we like Shen and O'Reilly and of course and McCabe but like I don't know, man. Achari is, is that kind of forward that we just haven't had in the bottom six. Well, I want to talk about a few of those guys, some of like the, you know, unsung heroes a little bit. Yeah. But like, you know, we, we've been talking about the, the top guys, the top producers. We got to talk about Ilya Samsonov, man. Holy oh, yeah. shit. Man. Like, I, I felt so good early in that game because he was he looked dialed. He was dialed. Yeah. You know when Samsonov's in in the first five minutes of a game. Yeah. And we've, every time. And there was a lot of games in this series where he was not. He was. And, and it was <laughs> yeah. evident early on, like, it, you know, just kind of losing his net, just overplaying things a little bit. But yeah, you nailed it, Cam, from opening puck drop in game six. Samsonov was just locked in the entire way. He never looked rattled. He was just square to everything, not Com- overplaying anything. Confidence for sure. Yeah. yeah. And Ke- Keith mentioned as much afterwards, you know, Sammy's play really inspired the group here tonight. And I think he absolutely nailed that. I think it probably inspired a lot of Leafs Nation watching at home too, just because we haven't seen a, a goaltender in a Leafs uniform look that solid and look that dialed in in an elimination game in 20 years. Yeah, yeah. He, he was absolutely up to the task. And I mean, the guy at the other end, like that's quite a fucking task, you know? I mean, most times it would be. But now that the series is over, can we just talk about how god awful Andre Vasilevsky was? Yeah. I like now that yeah, I don't have any of fear goals. of him coming back to steal the series from us. <laughs> There's a lot that, of goals that had no business going in. And yes, he did have a game in game five. Like he definitely probably won them that game. And there were moments in game six where you were like, oh shit, it's, it's happening, right? Like the Carey Price thing's happening where it was, you know, beatable for four games and then all of a sudden he became a wall but no i mean they they kept doing and they they scored 
dirty goals. Like they scored yep. goals that no they haven't gotten in the stopping. years past too. Like goals yeah. they haven't scored in in pla- uh, past playoff runs. There weren't any like high tips and goals going in off of defenseman skates and stuff in that Montreal series, and and even no. even like last year, really, like a lot of them were were just highlight real goals. But yeah, they got they got the bounces, which I mean we've talked about. But this. some of it's, that is working for the bounces too, right? Yeah. Like it, it yeah. wasn't just coming free to them; like they worked for this. But it's so funny how there's so many things that you've like as a fan and as you know as a player, like you've kind of like earned the license to say now, where it's like you know the whole thing about like well sometimes it's just bad bounces well you can't say that when you lost fucking this many series in a row like maybe it's not bounces at this point but i think when you're on the winning side of it you can say like you need fucking a ton of bounces to go your way to win a playoff series and they finally got them and you're right like it it is something that they definitely dug in and worked for but also samson i've had a couple of squeakers like the ac monkle you obviously want that back but like largely there there weren't those Frederick Anderson backbreakers after six minutes of pressure and zone time yeah. and then, uh, you know, a shot off the wall or something. Again, the, the AC one, one not, notwithstanding. Um, but yeah, all around. I mean, for a guy who largely came into the year as the backup or at least the 1B, um, you know, he's he's become a part of the future of the team. And like, I, I not to, you know, this pod isn't about talking about, you know, future contracts and stuff, but that's going to be an important one. Yep. No doubt. Um, so, so let's talk about, you know, some of the some of the I don't want to say lesser lights, but like the unsung heroes, guys that we've you know spent some time talking about already. We talked plenty on our last pod about Luke Shen and the way he's been playing. Uh, he had been playing to that point through the series and did not lag at all. Like you, you right. just kind of figured that at some point, you know, he was going to have a, a real bad game and, you know, cause a goal or two against it in, in, a, in a game and and end up sitting out like he was rock solid. He never really had a bad play. Play, man. No. He was a monster throughout the entire series. And like not just the stuff that was advertised coming in, but like his poise with the puck when Tampa's forecheck was all over the Leafs blue liners. And that was a real, you know, difficult thing for the blue line to handle throughout the course of the series. We saw it over and over again, Tampa just being able to smother them and hem them in and, you know, prevent any kind of breakout option or release valve on the forecheck. And Shen, you know, as much as anybody, showed so much composure and poise with the puck and just the ability to make the smart, simple play. He was fantastic, man. And just, like, you talk about your feel-good stories coming out of this series. That's got to be near the top of the list. He just looks like he, he was ability to, like, yeah, like, just step in and break up the cycle down low. And then... How about that box out in Game 6? Like, that one chance early on oh, that was going... Oh, uh, point. He, he saved a goal. He completely took yeah. point out of the... He erased point out of the play. Like, he, yeah. he legitimately... And, and like you saying with the puck, like... Getting, he, you saw him when he would break up a cycle down low or like pin a guy against the boards, and he did get the puck on the stick. I think the what I, the Luke Shen I expected was just going to either fucking ice it or throw it over the glass for two minutes. Like he would panic with the puck and not be able to make that outlet pass or that, you know, even just hang on to it for an extra second until he got some help. Like it wasn't, it was a ton of poise with the puck. I just did not expect that. And I think. I mean, I've I read some stuff when the trade happened, and even leading up to the trade, when there was some smoke about how he, you know, he had been playing well with Quinn Hughes, and really kind of fell into that like 
you know, stay at home, steady physical guy with the skill guy pairing. Like, and I was like, all right, I don't, I don't know how much there is to that. Like, obviously don't watch a ton of the Vancouver Canucks, but yeah, man, it was, it was exactly what it was. It was perfect compliment to Riley. And like, when you look at, at the things that the Leafs struggled with, right? Like the, the four check of Tampa Bay was one of them and, and kind of moving the puck out of the zone a little bit. It was, was a problem at times. So, and if you would have told me like, here, here are the problems the Leafs are going to have. And Luke Shen doesn't have a single fucking bit to do with it. He's fine. <laughs> like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have believed it, you know, it, it, it was incredible. It, obviously, uh, you know, he, he he stays in the lineup when Justin Hall comes out, who had a very rough series. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll talk a bit about, you know, some of the lineup moves. But um, j- just to move from Shen to another guy who was just so solid on the back end, uh, Jake McCabe was a guy oh, that we gosh. expected to be a good playoff performer. Um, I love him with my whole Not head. sure that I anticipated just the, the, the raw numbers that we were treated to in this one. It's everything that moves, man. And he got more mean as the series went on. Like he, he, like yeah. Every playoff series starts out with like you know pushing and shoving after every whistle and fights and you know other teams taking liberties against the Leafs. And then they always kind of like fizzle out, and it it becomes a bit more of a you know less of a physical game. He was throwing open ice hits last night multiple times. Like he and yeah. just like hard fucking hits and riding guys into the boards. And he's just so good. He was sitting guys down all series. Yeah. And like for him and Brody, I know that there was definitely stretches throughout the series where Brody didn't look to be at his best. There was definitely a couple of times I started, you know, drafting up the, the TJ Gardner tweet, but you know, overall he kind of came through when it really counted. And for that pairing to be able to hold Kucherov and point like to say that they were held in check is an understatement. Uh, Braden Point didn't have a primary point at 5v5. Kucherov only had the two assists at 5v5. They were both below 50% expected goals. I mean, you might not love the, the fancy stats of McCabe and Brody either, but they got the job done. They just totally held Tampa's best guys in check. And that's like a huge story in this series. Yeah, Kucherov was, is always kind of, you know, you, you pucker up a bit whenever he has the puck. But like largely it was just him kind of empty calorie possessions on the outside. Yeah. Like he wasn't at five on five. He was not, you know, really a threat the way that you thought he would be. And Braden Point was very disappointing, I think, in this series. And, you know, obviously Stamkos had that big goal. But, like, yeah, man. That, Other than they that, kept that, Stamkos line. goal, though. Yeah. Like yeah. And that, that, he wasn't even out there with him. He was on the Sorelli line at that point. So, and, like, uh, the broadcast was talking about how it was – um, you know, them trying to get the, the Sorelli line going or something like that. But I think it was more, they were trying to get Hagel up with point and, and, uh, and Kucherov to get them going. Cause Hagel was yeah. pretty damn good. He was probably their best forward, I think. Yeah. I, so moving from the, the blue line a little bit, uh, Nola Cherry, we mentioned him, you know, just before we kind of got into this, this segment talking about some of these unsung hero guys, um, you talk about physicality, fuck. A couple goals, ton of hits. Yeah. A couple big goals, too, like big moments. Yeah. Like, you know, first goal, like anytime you score first and, and that, you know, just good bottom six, greasy goals. I like leading the playoffs and hits through the opening round so far. Like, it, it, this guy was so much more than just a throw in in the Ryan O'Reilly trade. And we talked about it right at the at the time of the trade. Like, this guy was going to be an important piece in the playoffs, and it's already. It, it's held true so far. Like he was such a huge piece of Toronto's depth in the opening round here. I think, you know, the, the bottom six 
probably wouldn't have been as successful without him. Like picture Pierre Engvall in, in place of Nola Cherry. I know that's going to stir up some debate, you know, <laughs> going back to, to when those trades were made. And I know a lot of people weren't happy to see Engvall go, but I cannot say that I missed him one bit while I was watching Nola Cherry fly around out there, hitting into everything that moved. And, and, and similarly, like, you know, admittedly, I, I think, you know, you were probably more, uh, hard on Sandine than I was when he was here, but like, same thing. Did you, did anybody miss Rasmus Sandine over Jake McCabe in this playoff series? Not for one second. The only time I thought about Rasmus Sandine throughout this entire series was when, was they, when he was at the game. When he was at the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, it, it was not a series where, you know, you're, you're, you're begging for days gone by. That, that's for sure. Like a charity, like that is, that is just a fucking full grown man. There was, there was a moment, um, I think it was, it might've even been an overtime where, uh, like a, a, puck got thrown on net and a cherry kind of ended up you know in in front of sammy and the whistle goes and asamont was like just kind of tearing in there like just to get to the front of the net kind of thing and, and like threw a shoulder into a cherry who again was standing still asamont's coming in with a little bit of speed and he just wrecked himself like, <laughs> it's, like, just, it's like skating into a vending machine <laughs> he is a tank yeah um yeah looking forward to to some more physical um action out of you know him and mccabe and and safe to say there's going to be plenty of it in the next series no Um, matter who they get yeah exactly both teams are yeah yeah. and before we kind of we will look ahead a little bit despite not really knowing who they're going to face um but first we got to talk about the fucking 20 year old who was on the ice Uh. for all three (laughs) overtime goals we want to talk about him a little bit what the primary assist on the Tavares. oh dude yeah like we tried to kind of temper expectations coming into this, but uh, Matthew Nyes was not having it. Uh, he was he was just outstanding throughout this series. I know there was a couple of, of little rookie mistakes here and there, but I don't even know if it's fair to call them rookie mistakes when you look at, you know, all the other guys on the team had the, made mistakes, their errors yeah. as well, right? So I, I think there's just a little bit of like confirmation bias that goes along with that when it is the new guy in the lineup making that mistake. But, you know, overall the plays that this kid was able to make off the wall to help sustain possessions and just create offense out of, you know, those little transition plays off the wall. He, he was so good, man. And he had just, a couple and, moments off the rush last night too. He went like outside yeah. inside on somebody and passed it across. And so I forget who he passed it to that like couldn't quite handle it. I think it was an Elander. But anyways, it was yeah. He, he was a he, legit contributor throughout the series. All over like, the place. Da- dangerous. Yeah, d- definitely noticeable for a lot of good reasons. More often than not, and I think you know, like maybe as things go on, he starts to wear down a little bit or whatever. But as of right now, this guy is uh, regular in the lineup moving forward. Yeah, I, I I was listening to Leafs talk last night too, and and I th- I think Sam said it. Um, you know that he looked tired or whatever as, as the series went on and, and maybe, you know, throughout round two, he, he kind of gets taken. I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't like, I know he's played a lot of hockey this year, but he hasn't played as much as everybody else. And he's 20. So like, yeah. is he really going to be that tired? Like, it, I, I mean, it, it could start to catch up to him in terms of like, just, I don't know, like the moment getting him or whatever. And his inexperience starts to show, but there's no, I don't have any reason to think that like based off of the, the six game sample we're working and, or the nine game sample we're working with of, of seeing him in the NHL. He's looked like he's belongs since the minute he's, he's got in the league. Yeah. And he looks like he has a couple of big goals in him too. Like he's not, yeah. 
just out there kind of buzzing around chip and chase. Like he's trying to make something happen every time the pucks on his stick. And yeah, he looks incredible, man. The, the play he made on the Tavares series clinching goal, like that is a highly skilled play on the cycle to kind of just shield the body, shield the body off, keep the guy on yeah. his back, backhanded like rim just down below the, the goal line to a, a, a Tavares kind of in flight there and it's kind of a nothing play that ends up in the net or whatever but it was nice that facilitated that possession to even you know keep going to give Tavares the chance to put that puck on net and you know what they say in overtime put the puck on net and good things can happen and you know you've got to get the work done before that to to give yourself a chance to get those pucks on net and he was a huge part of that series clinching goal well and it's for him it's like even the you know quote-unquote mistakes like it's it's just like it's an awareness thing sometimes like it's it's just kind of you know feeling the the pressure around you and sometimes he gets caught on it but like when he makes the play like he makes it so quick like even that Tavares play like you know if that's if that's a Chari or if that's you know uh camp or or whoever like maybe they don't kind of squirt that puck loose so quick like Tavares had a nice little bit of space to kind of make his move there and and it's just that it's that extra half second that Nyes affords you because he's so good with his hands on the wall and it like yeah it just like you said like he, he looks like he's got goals in him he looks like he's out there and he's, he's making plays and he can make more you know like he's it, it sky's the limit right now and, and he's gonna get more opportunity well that's that's just it like he's the only guy in the team that i like i legitimately think is just gonna get better with every game like in terms of development like we largely know what everybody else in the team is like i don't know what matthew nice is and what he's going to become and I, I like every shift that he takes he's going to get more comfortable in the league and more comfortable within the system that he's playing in and stuff like that and we still i know like again not not a prospect guy but from everything i read that you wrote nick and that you told me like his shots one of his biggest weapons and i didn't and we haven't really didn't necessarily a chance to see that yet. get yeah. any of them off yeah yeah. And, you know, talking about what he's going to become, I think it's very clear that he's going to become a very good NHL player as time goes on. But just yeah. stepping into this situation with the stakes being so high and the intensity being so high, another thing that really impressed me with Nyes is that, you know, and I know he's labeled as a physical player, but college hockey is a different animal when he's, you know, bigger and stronger than most of the guys that he's playing against. I thought he really handled the physicality in this series well. He didn't shy away from anything, even, you know, a few of the post-whistle scrums. It wasn't like he was turning the other way. He was skating towards it and, you know, wrapping his arms around a guy. He wasn't he he just didn't shrink in, in any of the big moments in this series. And yeah, you, you talk about it, Cam, on the ice for all three overtime winners, like yeah, I'd be running them out there in overtime a lot. <laughs> well, and, and like now that you got Bunting back, and I think Yarn Croak had a pretty good, you know, series in his role. Um, and I don't know if we want to get into lineup talk or anything like that. Yeah, well, but you can talk about the depth that's on the left side now. The options, yeah, like yeah. There, there's three legit options in your top six and every top nine now for for left wingers, and it's just kind of how you feel like you know combining them in the moment or depending on the game. But I would I would like to go back to the Nyes O'Reilly Achari line to start game one though. I, I really liked how that line looked, and it was hard not it was hard with bunting out right, but. Yeah, you know, with him back in, and he had a pretty good game too. I don't like we didn't really talk about him too much, but he was kind of flying out there, flying and not not up to any shit. Which I want to like, I I kind of want a bit of shit out of him though. Like that's that's part of his game. But, is, uh, but it, I think but in not that in game situation, six, like in a yeah. elimination game. Yeah, you will see it in game in the beginning of the series, I'm sure. But 
yeah, I mean, he kept his nose clean. He did what he needed to do. He was pretty good defensively for a guy who's not necessarily known for that. But his speed was evident. He had that play with the, off the ru- uh, the off the rush where he hit the crossbar, and he's had a few other moments where he was you know involved and kind of all over it. And I don't know if you go back to him with Matthews where Yarncroak looked pretty good, but there's there's options now, and I, I think that's obviously a good problem to have. Well, uh, talking about bunting, I think we should talk about. Sheldon Keefe and some of the lineup decisions, you know, going back to, to game five, um, when bunting was first eligible to return to the lineup, uh, I didn't like the decision to keep him out of the lineup. I didn't really buy into the whole stick with a winning lineup thing just because, you know, over the years we've been told so many times from this front office and this, this organization, the whole trust the process thing, right? So it really felt like they were kind of playing the result after some games that they might not have deserved to win. And, and it felt like they could have used that that injection of energy and just, you know, overall offensive talent that bunting brings. And I thought it was a mistake to, to keep him out of the lineup in game five. I also thought it was a mistake to to keep running Justin Hall out there in game five as well. But Sheldon Keefe deserves credit for, you know, kind of manning up and making some really significant changes with everything on the line heading into game six to, to kind of divert and go back to that 11 and seven look, I, I thought was a, a real ballsy move just considering, you know, the fact that, that yeah. y- you lose one guy up front, you're down to 10 forwards and it was just a completely different look that could have been kind of construed a, a, as a, a panicky sort of thing, but it, it really worked out. And I thought that on the road, the fact that they were running 11 forwards and there was no real consistent lines for John Cooper to chase in the matchup game, I thought was a, a really kind of intelligent play by Keith going into game six on the road in Tampa. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you, Nick. Like, I, I thought that, you know, if you want to make the argument that it's a winning lineup and you're talking about Camp versus Aston Reese versus Lafferty or whatever, like, yeah, go for that's it. one but, like, thing. This yeah. is a 20 goal scorer two, time, two times over who's been, you know, a, a fixture in your top six, more or less. I know not so much this year, but more or less since he, you know, joined the team. Like, it, it, it seemed to me that, you know, you, you try to get that guy in there. And, and as you said, if you don't and you lose game five as you did, like it's it, now anything that you do can kind of be looked at as like a little bit of a panicky move, perhaps. But he made the right lineup decisions for game six, no doubt about that. And um, yeah, I mean, 11 7 was certainly a choice, right? Like that's that's uh, uh, that's not a neutral move by any means. I think the, the biggest uh, factor. And I have no, you know, concrete information to support this or whatever. It's just kind of a, a hunch following the the big hit by Maroon on Giordano in Game Five. Geo kind of went down, was slow to get up, was kind of uh, slow coming back to the bench for the the following period. I was kind of wondering with the insertion of Gustafson if they were kind of worried that you know maybe they weren't going to have Geo full go or there was going to be some point in the game where he wasn't able to continue and they were still going to want that other left handed option on the back end. So I I, I kind of liked it from that point of view, and I thought inserting Lilligren for Hall was definitely overdue. Uh, I know we've we've been supporters of Justin Hall at various times on this podcast. He's given the Leafs some really steady minutes over the years, but he was just getting caved in throughout this entire series. And I know it's it's a tough thing to pivot off of a guy who you've placed so much trust in for so long. But Keith had to make a move, and he did. And I thought Lilligren came in and played well, albeit in really limited minutes. But that that was a, a good way for Lilligren to get his feet wet in the postseason 
in a situation that had such high stakes. So I thought he handled himself well and kind of provides a little bit of comfort moving forward that, you know, the Leafs are able to utilize him in a more regular role. And I think all that, obviously, from a comfort level too, about making the choice to go to 11 and seven, like they did enough in the regular season that I think yeah. it wasn't like a huge shock for them. Right. So I think that obviously paid off, but, and all the tinkering down the stretch, right? Like it allowed Keith to kind of go to some different looks throughout this game with the 11 forwards and stuff, right? They tried a lot of different things down the stretch drive in the regular season. And, you know, I think that that proved to be important in game six. Like I, I, I was on the record as well. Like I wanted Bunting to come back in. I think, you don't you don't, you should just, play your best players like that's kind of yeah. where i sit on it but i at least understood it from his point of view where you know it wasn't you, the hill i was got, gonna die on either yeah no exactly like i was like it wasn't something i was you know furious about and i think i i can understand it from the sense of like yes it's not like you should obviously make your coaching decisions based off of what you think like fans and media are gonna think but like if you does change the lineup and it is, uh, you know, they lose game five after winning three in a row and he changes the lineup like he's going to get crucified for that. So I and get then you it. probably don't um, have a way to pivot off of that either. So I guess it's kind of a catch 22. Right. And, and, and then I think you go with it this way where it's like, yeah, because then what do you do if you lose? You go back to the winning lineup and then it. You yeah. Know. <laughs> but either way, like I, I think like you, you, you reward the guys who won the games. You keep everybody in the lineup, and then if if you lose, you make your make your decision then. And he might have already back pocketed, knew he was going to eleven and seven if they lost, or you know, I, but likely it's it's more to do with what you said, Nick, and with Geo looking a little banged up and. Not only a little banged up, like we're getting, yeah. I know Hall's Hall's bearing the brunt of it, but Geo had a rough series too. That that pairing yeah. had a rough series, and if you isolate it and I test it, I think it was mostly Hall. Like I, I Geo definitely didn't have the like glaring moments that uh, that Hall had, but overall Geo just didn't look as comfortable with the puck and kind of looked his age a little he bit. Looked slow, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, get a few days off here rest up um but I, I would certainly be coming back with Lilligren at least to start well it adds a little bit of mobility to that pair right and then if 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 Lilligren falters you've got a hungry as fuck hall when in the wings right like ready to come yeah. back in to to kind of atone for for his rough series so I think you at least start that way and we've seen hall kind of bounce back after getting sat down in the yeah. past too so I don't think you you totally you know close the book on him being a contributor the rest of the way here but yeah i'm with you that i I think i'd be starting round two with lilligren yeah it's part of why you you acquire the depth can i interest you fellas in a little chat about the toronto maple leafs second round matchup (laughs) yes second round currently two nothing for the florida panthers yeah panthers up to zip here early in the uh, second period as we, we wow. talk about this uh so, so we don't, we don't know who, who it's going to be so i, I just I, I just really want to qu- quickly want to record something for the panthers in case it's the panthers uh <laughs> bring them the fuck on okay now i'm going to do the bruins bring them the fuck on <laughs> don't care i really man don't care. i feel the same like, way honestly. about the bruins give me whoever like i yeah. Don't care. Um, if, it's like, if it's the Bruins, uh, if it's the Bruins, I'm like, yep, okay. They, you know, they're the, it's, it. We're slaying dragons this year, and and with what better way to symbolically do it than the team who's absolutely fucking fed you your lunch for the last 20 years? Or and if it's the Panthers, it's fuck you know the team that you know barely got into the playoffs. So I, I'm fine with it either way. Um, but man, the was there not a series? <laughs> was there not a series any more like out there this year than? Uh, like slam dunk the Bruins were going to win like that this is shocking that it's even in game seven let alone yeah, Panthers yeah. up two nothing with half the game gone like that's it's pretty remarkable man like I, I don't know if the Panthers Matthew are just Kachuk. playing incredible like 
I know it's Kachuk. It's it's ninety five percent Kachuk, but it, you know, man, Boston just does not look scary whatsoever. Well, in regards to the Boston Bruins, to quote so, the late em. great Alex Trebek, <laughs> "Fuck them." <laughs> I didn't even know that's where you were going with it. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, the thing with the Bruins, right? Like, I I, I kind of had this in the back pocket, right from I think like game one or game two of their series, and like their lineup was out there, and I think it was like minus Bergeron and Krejci, and it was like this is not a good line. Like, you lots no. of decent, like lots of good players, but like it's a high floor team, right? It's yeah, a high yeah. floor. Like they they have Pasternak, but like they don't have the the volume of game changers that the, the Leafs do. They just they just have a fucking really good hockey team that's going to give you a challenge really every well single coached. night yeah. guys straight straight up the best team in the east that isn't the toronto maple leafs is the tampa bay lightning so i don't give a shit like whoever they play let's let's go well let, let's talk about that for a second right like everyone's talking about this first round victory or whatever this isn't like your run-of-the-mill first nah, round man. playoff series we're talking about they didn't just they didn't just three beat the straight Islanders cup and- finals and one, yeah. two of them. Like they're a modern day dynasty. Yeah, exactly. So like, th- there's a lot to feel good about beyond just getting through the first round. The fact that they were able to take down you know, a modern day dynasty, like you said, Keith, in the Tampa Bay Lightning, like that's that's a real feather in their cap moving forward. And I, you know, it's it's just gonna allow them to play so much freer. And yeah, I'm ready for the Leafs to roll, man. Can you imagine if the Tampa Bay Lightning had of maybe used their draft capital on acquiring another defenseman that, you know, so they didn't have to play Darren Radish. It, it, like instead of <laughs> trading an entire draft class for Tanner Janot, who was healthied for two games. <laughs> oh man. Quick aside. Um, the guy that works on my main guy that works on the boat, lobster fishing, he's not a, a real big hockey fan, but he's been kind of loosely following, you know, to, in order to kind of keep up with the conversations with the, with the rest with of you, us here. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so we're talking about the game this morning and he goes, well, what was the guy's name there? The, the puck went in off of his skate in overtime with cabbage. She said, I, I fucking buckled, man. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's great. Darren Cabbage. God bless yeah, him. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm feeling good, whoever it is, man. I, I'm, you know, it's, it's like, I've got that confidence that comes from all of the big guys just going (laughs) guns blazing. yeah exactly guns blazing like the goalie locked in you got that that primo shutdown pair that seemingly every cup winning team has at some point like things are trending nicely here and and we like to do a little bit of uh amateur psychology on this (laughs) this show from time to time i can't even fucking begin to examine what kind of uh, like reactions are going on in the in the cerebellums of these fucking guys right now because like i i can't wrap my head around it like like slaying a dragon the, the, the way that they did and and like in the manner that they did, like I, I, it, there, there's really very few comparables for this. Well, like just go back and watch all the videos of the bench reacting to the winner and Dubis and Spezza. And you know, it, it just it speaks volumes, right? Like, I don't know if you guys saw kind of like the isolated shot of Matthews uh, on the bench as the OT winner went in. It looked like his soul left his body, man. Like (laughs) these guys have just been feeling this year after year after year to finally break through. I just think like that the mental block that they've been carrying around is kind of immeasurable. And for them to be able to finally shed that, 
it, it's huge, man. Yeah, they, they've been so good at, at kind of keeping a, a lid on that, like not letting on like they're super bothered by all of this. But like, you know, they are. And you could see that how much it meant to them, yeah. uh, you know, to, to finally finish it off. So yeah. there's no way to know what what these guys have up their fucking sleeve by the time game one rolls around here. Like, like you said, it, it's roll time. There would be such a weight off of them. Like how, like game one, think of how they looked, right? Like just that hesitant, timid, afraid to make a mistake. They don't have to have that hanging over them anymore. They can play looser. They can play that. What I think is a lot more conducive to how they want how they play in the regular season, which is not having that, you know, ominous cloud over their head. Right. Like it's not to say they're playing with house money. Cause I'm sure that their goal there is a little bit of that to though. Win a, but uh, yeah right but in, in the locker room it probably doesn't feel like that but it, it but like again that kind of subconscious yeah. whatever is that was hanging over them is gone right so um yeah i i, I like sky's the limit for this team right now like there i would be there's not like if i was a eastern conference team that's not a team i'd be wanting to run into right now feeling fucking good boys feeling very good you guys want to remember a leaf oh yeah hell yeah you guys remember carl p lash <laughs> <laughs> that one's not even how fair. could i ever forget <laughs> i was i was debating like is this too meta to talk about the, the guy who inspired my twitter handle um but I had to because Carl P. Lash scored in the last second round game that the Leafs played. No way. May 4th, 2004. He did, he did. I remember it well. I remember it was a, just a long shot right from the corner of the blue line, you know. Um, he was an interesting character, right? Like, he, he uh, didn't get a whole lot of time with the Leafs, but it seemed like he always performed really well when he came up. Obviously, that was a, a big goal. Had a really good shot. Um, I feel like he was kind of like Marincini, where he was just like never went away like you would come back every once in a while sort of thing you know maybe i'm misremembering it's a long time ago but it felt like he was kind of a guy that just hung around for a bit yeah uh no you're right i mean he played like parts of three different seasons yeah. with the leafs ending ending with that one he had a i think it was a heart issue of some kind was it like an arrhythmia or something i can't remember exactly what the uh, the deal was but i know that he had some kind of a cardiac issue i uh i remember him from uh i think it was the i want to say it was the flame the St. John Flames um, last year uh, in existence. He he was on the St. John's Maple Leafs that year. Um, and that team had, I believe, Ponikarovsky on it. Because I, I remember that kind of connection of I was old enough to kind of like know that the St. John, I should also like the St. John's Maple Leafs kind of too, even though they were like in the division of the team that I rooted for, but because of the, obviously the Toronto ties. But yeah, I remember like Ponikarovsky was on that team and like Nathan Dempsey, like there's, there's some names <laughs> on those old Bob Wren. Uh, there's some names from that, uh, that old St. John's Maple Leafs team. Um, Brad just, Lieb. I, and I'm looking it up here right now. Actually, hey, yeah. Don't ruin all the future. Remember the Leaf segments here, fellas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, and uh, funny enough, uh, DJ Smith also on that team. But um, huh. what I, the reason I even started looking this up is uh, Cam. He P. 
Pilash scored in the playoffs and it was his only game that he played <laughs> in that playoff year. Yeah, I remember he got, I can't remember who it was that, that he got, got hurt or something and he got in for someone and yeah, he made that instant impact. Um, it, it, but he was always one of those guys who was like, yeah, he could be a, a solid defenseman, but he, you know, he, he's not going to be a for sure top four, like a guy like Staff and Cronwall or Jay Harrison or Brendan Bell, you know, <laughs> he, he, he wasn't like, he's not going to be part, he might not be part of this stacked Leafs blue line in a few years, but he's nice for now, you know, um, <laughs> But but for me, like I was uh, the reason that I, I went with the name was simply because like that was a, a time I feel like when I was picking my Twitter name, everyone had like the the spoonerism, uh, you know, you swap the first letter of the last name with the first letter of the first name. And that was like everyone's Twitter name. And I was like, I'm going to put just a little twist on this. I, I can't do the popular thing. I have to do <laughs> just slightly off the popular thing. The, and the I'm going to go with the phonetic, <laughs> yeah. phonetic spelling of Carl P. Lash. Um, <laughs> Which earned me a compliment from Steve Simmons some dozen years ago now or so. Oh, uh, never and forget. Now, and it just reminded me that I'm now getting quote tweeted by Tracos now consistently. So that's <laughs> he's he's li- liking all my. Uh, hey, maybe he'll listen to the pod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So next time we chat, Leafs are going to be in the second round. They're in the second round right now. Well, it's two one to Bruins just scored. So the uh, power play. Okay, yeah. Who knows? Who knows well, who we're who we're up against? Who cares? Whatever happens, I hope they beat the living piss out of each other the rest of the game seven here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Well, boys, this was fun. For the first boys. time <laughs> for <laughs> oh, man, the first waiting. time we we will not catch up for a, a reaction pod just yet, and uh, we will record in the second round. And I am thrilled. It's nice. We don't have to do a locker room clean out show. This is good. <laughs> now, Nick, uh, for you, this is this is uh, quite a time here because, as, as you mentioned, you know, <laughs> it's a few days. Yeah. <laughs> you, you set the traps today. The season officially begins tomorrow. Uh, what's what's the, the sleep plan here over the next few weeks? Well, I'll tell you, we were definitely passion fueled on, on the boat this morning. Um, when it went into overtime last night, I was like kind of thinking. You know, I don't care how long this goes as long as the Leafs win, but man, if this goes to like triple overtime and they don't get it done, (laughs) I am going to hate everything tomorrow. But when the alarm went off at four o'clock this morning, man, my eyes popped open. I had a smile on my face, kind of like a a little pinch yourself moment. Like, yeah, that really happened. So um, as far as the sleep schedule goes, man, I hope the Leafs cost me a whole pile of sleep for the next few weeks during this fishing season. I will happily be sleep deprived if it means uh, a deep playoff run for the buds because man i've been i've been working in the fishing industry for a long time and it always lines up with playoff season and it's never really been an issue (laughs) over the past however many years so or ever (laughs) since i've been doing it so uh yeah this is a welcome change and i definitely won't be complaining about any lack of sleep as long as the leafs keep going well you and t and the boys stay safe and uh, we will do this again very soon pal cheers boys go leafs cheers go leafs go (laughs) 